0: This talk was recorded by Campus Outreach Minneapolis, the college ministry of Bethlehem Baptist Church, as part of the 2022 Summer Training Project. For more information on Summer Training Project or Campus Outreach Minneapolis, visit cominneapolis.org. So my name is Lucas Deca. I'm on staff from the Minneapolis region at Bethel Northwestern. so I'm glad to meet you all. You guys have made it, you're here. This is the first time of a Summer 25th, 2022. Um, and my first time at Summer 25th was in 2009 at the same hotel. And I was going to say, the hotel today is much, much better than it was in 2009. It was pretty bad. I wish we had pictures just to show you guys where it's, where it's been now and where it's at now. Um, but tonight, I just want to give you guys a quick... Um, maybe 10, 15, maybe 20 minute intro into our theme for the summer. So every, every summer we pick one book, one theme passage, and one theme word. And I just want to reveal that to you guys in a bit. But before I do that, I just want to share a quick story. Um, about, let's see, I got this clicker. Hopefully I do this right. There we go. About this guy named William Gordon. Um, so William Gordon was born into a prominent wealthy family. From Chicago. He, his dad made a fortune in Colorado silver mining. William had a very large inheritance coming his way. He was in line to take over the family business. Um, for his 16th birthday, he was given a gift of a chaperone trip around the world. During that trip, so I don't know, that's like way above us. Like a chaperone trip around the world, that's a pretty big deal. I don't know anyone's done it before. But during that trip, he heard a sermon in London where he surrendered his life um, for the Christian service. And then after that, he, he went to college at Yale, where he began daily prayer groups. Within two years, he reached the entire university for the freshman class to the senior. After college and seminary, he decided to become a missionary to the Uyghur Muslims in northwestern China. But he decided to study Islam, Arabic, in Cairo before he went. But in ni- on March 1913, he contracted cerebral, cerebral meningitis and died a few weeks later age 25. So at age 25, he's young, he's a millionaire, he had an inheritance coming his way. His mom was said to have found the phrase here at the bottom no reserve, no retreat, no regrets written in his Bible. So no reserve was said to be written shortly after he renounced his, his fortune in favor of missions. No retreat. he wrote shortly after his father told him he would never hold a position in family business. And no regrets he added shortly after shortly before he died now i think this is a powerful story um so why am i sharing this because i think william borden lived his life here on earth as an exile um which is our theme for the summer exiles so he had everything he'd want on earth and he gave it up um and i think he lived his life like an exile so if you have your book now you can open it Part of the reason why we wanted the way it was to reveal the theme. But if you want to open your book the page 9, if you want to follow and take notes, you can. If you just want to listen, that's great too. Um, but that's our theme of the summer, exile. So you might be like, what the heck? What is an exile? So I think um, an exile's life kind of looked like William Borden's. His life looked different than when he be- before he became a Christian. His life looked different than non-Christians. The dictionary says an exile is a state of forced or voluntary absence from someone's uh, country or home. So different versions of the Bible use words like strangers or or even aliens. So you could replace them, exiles, strangers, aliens. Um, But the book we're reading for the summer where we got this theme is from 1 Peter. So 1 Peter is a book written to exiles. And you guys are going to learn more about this in word training and throughout the summer while you're reading the Bible, but this is just a quick intro. So here here it says, Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ to those who are left exiles. So that's who he's writing to. And so, um, and he wants, I think part of the reason Peter calls them exiles is because he wants to help them weather the storms of being exiles. These people are dispersed throughout Asia, minor Asia, and so that's what he calls them, exiles. And so I think this idea of being called an exile comes up comes up in a diff, couple of different areas in the Bible than just First Peter. So the first one is Hebrews 11:13. These all died in faith, not having received the things promised, but having seen them and greeted them from afar, and having acknowledged that they were strangers and exiles on the earth. So here we're seeing that the people who died in the faith are now called strangers and exiles on the earth. Um, Another real quick is Philippians well, Philippians 3, 20, 21. But our citizenship is in heaven, and from it we await a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly body to be like be like his glorious body by the power that enables him to him even to subject all things to himself. So here it's saying that our citizenship is in heaven. Therefore, this place that we're we're here is not our home. We're exiles here on earth. And so I think it's just interesting that Peter calls his audience exiles of all things. I think this is very important. Um, And he then uses it two more times in 1 Peter throughout the the book. And I think he wants his readers to take on the life of an exile. He wants to encourage them and strengthen them as exiles. But what is an exile? And so there's two ways I want to show you in 1 Peter that I think kind of describe what makes an exile. I'm playing with this. I'm not doing it right, I'm guessing. So I'm probably clicking the wrong button. So exiles are not of this world, and exiles are sent into the world. So the first one, exiles are not of this world. I'm going to read a passage and then have a point. So the first one, and all these passages, I'm going to go to like five different places in First Peter that help us understand what it means to be an exile. The first one is First Peter 3, B through 4. Um, according to his great mercy, he is... He has caused you to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you. So I think the first thing exiles have an inheritance that is imperishable. So exiles have an inheritance that is imperishable. So William Borden's greatly, great earthly inheritance was roughly calculated around fifty million dollars at the time, but. That would perish someday. Like his inheritance in heaven would not perish. Even though he had all he wanted, he understood that that was going to go away. But he understood that his inheritance wasn't, and so he lived in accordance to that. So you guys also have an inheritance, that same inheritance that will not perish. Next one is First 1 Peter 1:14: 1, "As obedient children, do not be conformed to the passions of your former ignorance. So an exile's life should look different than before we came to Christ. Um, So the things that you value and love and pursue ought to look different than the things you once valued, loved and pursued. And so I think similarly, William, um, he gave up a luxurious lifestyle, like he could travel around the world for his 16th birthday. Um, And so he gave that up where he no longer could live as maybe a comfortable lifestyle. when someone comes in exile, we, we love things. The things that we love are different. The things that we value are different. And then it's 1 Peter 2, 11 and 12. Beloved, I urge you as sojourners and exiles to abstain from the passions of the flesh, which wage war against your soul. Keep your conduct among the Gentiles honorable, so that when they speak against you as evildoers, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day of visitation. So an exile's life should be set apart from those who make this place their home. So as exiles, we're called to abstain from the passions of the flesh. And you will probably be called an evildoer for the things that God calls good. And later in 1 Peter, it is said that people will malign you for not joining them in their debauchery. And so I think even just understanding our culture, it is a very different than when our parents were growing up. I think our parents grew up mostly in a culture um, that was positive towards Christians. The culture's values line up with Christian values. Now I think things are shifting. Being a Christian is becoming a more negative thing, Um, a a dated thing. And you guys are all aware of this at some level. So things that God calls good, our culture maybe calls evil. Or what God calls evil, our culture calls good. So, Take, for example, believing that gender is not a social construct, that gender is not a matter of personal choice, um, and that there are two unique complementary genders, male and female created by God. I think holding that belief at some level could get yourself called an evil door, uh, perhaps even fired from your job. And so I think at this point, we must remember that we're exiles. This is not our home. Our lives should look different. And so at some level, you could hear this and think, okay, we're exiles. This isn't our home. Let's just protect ourselves. Let's, let's just keep ourselves free from other people. Let's not mess with those things and let's just have a holy bubble. And I would say, I don't think that's what it means to be an exile. That's why I think um, exiles are sent into this world or sent into the world. So we're not just of this world, but we're sent into it. Um, so the first passage here is First Peter 3.15. But in your hearts, honor Christ the Lord as holy, always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you. Yet do it with gentleness and respect. So exiles share, exiles share the reason for the hope that is in them. I think we're called to live missionally towards those who do not have that hope. We're not just called to live isolated just from other people that are not Christians. We're called to engage, to share that hope. Um, William gave up everything to share the news of the gospel to the Uyghur people, that he never ended up even seeing. He was training. He was getting ready for it. And then we have 1 Peter 4, 12, Beloved, do not be surprised at the fiery trial when it comes upon you to test you, as though something strange were happening to you. But rejoice in insofar as you share Christ's sufferings, that you may also rejoice and be glad when this glory is revealed. So I think exiles gladly endure suffering. I think we shouldn't be surprised when suffering comes our way. I think we should we should expect it. I don't think suffering is necessarily an option. You might you might not suffer. I think we can expect it. And, it. and this passage says not only expect it but rejoice. If we're sharing in Christ's sufferings, that is something to rejoice over. And so th- this is a quick. Snapshot into what it means to be an exile. As you guys are reading through First Peter, you're going to get a fuller picture of that. But I think a question I have for you guys is: Are you living like an exile? Does your Does your life um, replicate these things, or do you say that these things are true for you? Um, And so, the last thing I wanted to share is that these following words were on were inscribed on William Borden's grave. As it comes up, okay. Apart from faith in Christ. There is no explanation of such a life." I, I love that, because his life looked backwards. He, he was young, he was going to be a millionaire, probably already a millionaire. He was expected to take over the family business. And to outsiders, his life didn't make sense. And so I think part of what it means, means to be an exile, the things that you love, how you live your life, what you value, what hold to what God calls good and you saying it's good, like your life, is not going to make sense. There's going to be no explanations for such a life. Living missionally, giving up things here if you want to go overseas, or even living missionally in your neighborhood once you get a job, it's not going to make sense. And so my prayer for you guys this summer has been that all of you would have a deeper understanding of what it means to be an exile, and that your lives would reflect that. Not just this next semester in college, but five years from now, 50 years from now. Um, And I think we're going to dive more into this tomorrow night, but I think for that to happen, like we need Christ to sustain us. We're gonna look at tomorrow night, how Christ was the ultimate exiles, um, and we can do nothing apart from him. And so, let me pray. Father, we need you. Um, we thank you so much for ransoming us. Uh, we thank you for who you are, and that um, Christ was the ultimate exile and that he left heaven to come here to rescue us and to ransom us from our feudal ways. And so, Father, I pray that we would live, we would take on the identity as an exile and live missionally, um, that we would we would love you and that we'd want to make you known, that we remember that this isn't our home. Our, we are, our, our citizenship is in heaven. And so I pray that we would live um, in light of that. And so I pray that this summer, that we would have a deeper understanding of that. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to this message from the 2022 Summer Training Project hosted by Campus Outreach Minneapolis, the college ministry of Bethlehem Baptist Church. Please feel free to share this message with others, but please don't charge, edit, or alter the content in any way without the written permission of Campus Outreach Minneapolis.